it's Gilbert Gottfried. Welcome to Behind the Scenes with Brian, your go-to podcast on old things mining. Welcome to Behind the Scenes with Brian, the podcast covering everything from engineering, mining, and mine waste management to whatever else may be on our minds. Pop in your headphones and don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share. And now, here is your host, Brian Ulrich. Hey everyone, this is Brian, and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian, and I am... Here today with my longtime friend Sam Bush. Sam, how are you today? Brian, I'm great. Glad to be here with you. Yeah, and, and uh, we're kind of at the tail end of the pandemic, or it seems like we are anyway, and you're in Mexico today. Been here a few days. I've only had the first of several doctor visits, and uh, pandemic is alive and well here, but people seem to be behaving. You know, yeah, various guidelines. Yeah, I think the U.S. has been a lot better at distributing the vaccinations than other countries. So in that regard, we've been pretty fortunate. I agree. I agree. Yeah, and uh, Sam, tell us a little bit about yourself. There's an open-ended question. Brian, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, currently. Uh, no, the story starts with um, dropping out of college at an early age, and uh, I had taken a couple of years off from high school back east and went to Colorado, worked for a couple of years as a, as a pre-delivery inspection mechanic for a, a large um, Kenworth dealership in Denver, and then spent a couple of years down in Durango, Colorado at the Fort Lewis College, and loved every minute of that and chased a young lady back to Denver uh, because she wouldn't date me in Durango. <laughs> married her, uh-huh. married her yeah. <laughs> a few years later. At, uh, we have three children. Um, and I ended up washing windows for a, a father. Her company was president of a small geotechnical shop, a consulting firm in, yeah. in Denver. Yeah. Chen and Associates. By, by washing windows, you mean you were the guy that does everything? I mean scrubbing the floors, emptying the trash, just to get a job. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. You really started just off the literally. I was literally a kind of a janitor, but I started hanging out more, spending more time in the soils laboratory. They did. They were they were big on on engineering foundations and DOT work. Um, with the expansive plays, uh, Dr. Fuha Chen was a, an authority yeah. on the expansive plays on the, on the Western Front. Um, and, and they had offices over in, um, not Grand Junction, Glenwood, and ultimately Colorado Springs. But I, like I said, I, I spent most of my time in the laboratory just eavesdropping, watching what all the banging and noise, and noise was and, and splitting rock samples and looking at core and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, going upstairs to where the finer end stuff was being done, the triaxials, permeabilities, and where I met uh, 
rest in peace, Norm Lewis. Yeah, yeah. Air show on the on the fine end testing for for Ken Criley, and um, and I spent two years doing laboratory testing, case on inspections, that kind of thing, the field quality control work, uh, you know, wall backfill, you know, that kind of thing. And then then we developed a, we, we introduced a, a materials testing division for concrete, reinforcing steel, structural steel, fireproofing and such. And two days after I took my first ACI course in 1982 for field testing, I ended up in St. George, Utah to attend a seminar on structural inspections, the, the ICBO, formerly ICBO, now ICC, yeah. um, special inspections for masonry, and came back to Denver, and a week later, I was climbing up a ladder just to find myself straddling a CMU wall because I had to go check joist welds fillet welds on bar joists yeah, yeah. and do some high strength bolt torque. Mind you, this is with, you know, in all 16 hours of classroom. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, once I got the nerve to actually walk across an unbridged joist, <laughs> <laughs> you know, spanning 60 feet, I, I did that for about another seven years and got a phone call from one of my mentors at, at Chen and he asked me to come to visit Night Peaceful for an interview. Yeah. 1989. I, I took that call early January. Three weeks later, I was I was meeting with Don East. I showed up in a suit on a Saturday morning, snowy Saturday morning, and he showed up in a sweater and jeans, and I thought, this is not going to go well. <laughs> <laughs> now, mind you, and, and I, the, the funniest part was, Ryan, you know, Mike's, this, my, my mentor had, had kept telling me about you know, upstream tail dam races and things like that. So I ended up in the library for a day trying to look yeah. at, yeah. look up some of this business and uh, these, this, these designs. And sure enough, third question out of Don's mouth was, are you familiar with upstream tail dam construction? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yes, I am. <laughs> the intent was, um, to go ahead and have me come over and start up a laboratory, a geotech yeah. laboratory, um, to support our own design work. And I gladly accepted beginning of February, 1989. I started and I believe three weeks later, I was in the field with Ron Arlian over at um, the Mount Hope project, doing some site investigation work, test fitting and stuff and such. And I think a couple of months after that, I was being trained by you, <laughs> you know, sent to Elko, Nevada, which is yep. where I currently reside. You're right. And for the last six years, but um, yeah, trained by you on the on the, the infamous air entry, uh, air entry program. program. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. In that. For anyone that doesn't know, and that's probably almost everybody, it's a permeability test that basically takes all day to run out in the field, and it's kind of a, a it's kind of a ball buster because you're down on your hands and knees and chiseling up your sample, and um, you, it 
it could be that you get this thing all set up and it takes hours to set up. And it could be that the thing fails within the first 10 minutes of testing. So it can, it can be. <laughs> Good fun though. Good fun. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And, and the, the, the benefit was that you would get basically same day results. Yeah. On whether or not to continue or modify procedures or you know introduce new materials or methods, um, so that was a plus because we did not have our geotechnical laboratory set up fully. Um, we had acquired some equipment, triaxial equipment and some basic you know classification test equipment, sieves and such shaker from a group that was going out of business. Um, yeah. So we had some equipment available to us, but not the full suite to be able to support the work we were doing on that, on that project in Nevada. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you left me with a couple of other people. We had a resident engineer. We had another young engineer joined the same day I did, Dean Vasati. Oh yeah. Um, and, and Dean, Dean became, he was, he was the strongest voice in the field. And, and I was just doing what I do, you know, just being a technician. Taking density test, you know, we we had acquired the, the radiation safety license through the state of Colorado, um, and yeah, I just did that the testing to support that work, and that you know a four month project became six because somebody added a mile and a half roadway access road. And so yeah, left in April and got home at the end of October, beginning of November, and that's the what I've known to become the. Uh, Become to know the KP way. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, we've right. got a, a few week assignment for you, and then you know, three months later, you're <laughs> yeah. you're home. But it's I, I I tell you, in the last thirty two plus years, uh, being a part of the, you know, I went from there to a more full time position in the laboratory, um, setting up the equipment and and working there for upwards of twenty five years. Um, it, uh, yeah, uh, the, the opportunities were just, have been just fantastic. I've had, I've worked with some great people in the field. I've worked with some great engineers in the office. I've worked with and had the, the incredible support of, you know, Jamie Bruce in, in the Denver yeah. laboratory. Yes. Yeah. Now the, yeah. the current laboratory. So, um, you know, it, it. It takes a bunch of people, and I've been lucky enough to be a part of that. Yeah, and, and all those experiences are really good for especially entry-level engineers. I remember we used to send entry-level engineers out to the lab for a rotation, and I can't remember how long that would be. But it's it's really good to, uh, you know, learn from the ground up. I, I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. I don't think it's... I, you know, early on, we had the benefit of, of being able to keep keep the juniors, the young engineers for possibly three to five weeks, you know, yeah. almost a full month, and they would just be immersed in the testing. Yeah. Um, we had we had a couple um, that have gone on to, to be very successful in their own rights um, uh, that stayed for, one stayed for about a year and a half, another one stayed for about three years, and then he ended up doing more, having a, a, a larger engineering role on field assignments, um, which is wonderful to see. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. 
Um, so, so one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, Sam, is the the field work you do is a thing that engineers can and should and often do. And you can learn a lot of lessons in the field to make you a better engineer, especially if it's something you took part in the design with. So you can see what went right, what maybe could have gone a little bit better and how to make it come out better on your next go around. And it's it's really beneficial to me. So if, if you were talking to a young engineer, so an entry level engineer, and you wanted them to go out in the field with you, what kind of conversation would you have? What would you tell them that they would get out of it? Um, not not just their education, but I mean, just being in a different place, being in a different group of people and, and learning new experiences. So what, what would you tell them? Congratulations. Someone is paying your ticket to go see the world. There you go. I mean, right out of the gate, you have all expenses paid, visits to in possibly some of the most, well, <laughs> remote, and <laughs> some of the most beautiful places on the planet. Yeah. Number two, there is, I don't care about your, your safety, your safety is the, is the second. Eyes aware, fit for, fit for duty, all that good stuff um, yeah. is extremely important for you, for your team, for your equipment, you know, uh, for your client's sake. Uh, incidents do happen. Uh, we work very hard to, you know, keep you safe, provide you with the resources to keep you safe. And by the way, any trip you take to and from an office is a whole lot different than a haul road you might be on or looking for a drill hole that's been located by a survey team and you're without GPS, you know, and somebody said, yeah, it's, you know, a mile and a quarter over here. And all they did was bang a piece of lath in the ground or a pin yeah. with a piece of orange ribbon on there. And you got to go hunt for that, you know, amongst the, you know, snake spiders and all that's good stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I think the biggest part is be open to, to learning. Yeah. If you know it, share that with somebody. If you don't know it, ask the questions. If you don't ask the questions, we're probably going to keep talking at you and try and share as much information that we have learned, I've learned with you. And some of it may sound boring. Some of it may sound repetitive. Some of it you may remember from classwork or field trips, but be receptive to learning. Um, because in turn, the, the opportunity to be in the field, whether it's a drilling assignment, um, tails dam inspection, um, you know, watching a foundation of a building go in or watching a, you know, 10 million cubic meter embankment being constructed with a, very complex drain system. Yeah, yeah. Now you you keep your eyes open and and learn. And when you get to that point where you are doing more design, it may facilitate you being a better designer. Yeah. And in turn, and in turn, being able to approach other designers 
or your field team when you get to that project management level. That's, yeah. Yeah. that's where it starts. Yeah, and, and you, you just you just touched on it. One of the worst things that a entry level engineer can do is to say that they know something when they don't. And they they you know I, I remember one time telling somebody they had to make sure the material flowed under the haunch of the pipe, and I stopped and I said, do you, do you know what I just said? He, he says, yeah, and I'm like, okay, well, because I'm bored, I'm going to explain it in better detail. <laughs> I could tell he didn't know what the, I, I could tell he didn't know what I was talking about with the haunch of the pipe. And, and so, I mean, it's it's way better to me for somebody to say, I have no idea what you just said, Brian, than to try to save face and pretend like they know what they're doing. It's a pride thing, definitely. Yeah. And I and I appreciate that. You know what? And not being educated, you know, not having completed college, excuse me, <laughs> business wouldn't have been the answer. I don't think it hasn't been. But um, yeah, I appreciate the, the, the commitment to, you know, four or five years of school, possibly a master's um, and, and ultimately a, a PhD. I, I applaud that commitment. I really do. But number one, we're going to do our damnedest on your darndest, excuse me, on your, you know, on your first few visits to one, keep you safe, and two, really discuss all of the intricacies of the things we're doing, starting with, uh, do we have that plan? What is our task? Do we have the resources in the field to, to accomplish that task? Do we have client contact? Who are we going to call if something goes wrong? Yeah. Um, you know, what information are we supposed to collect? You know, in the case of investigations, you know, here's what we'd like you to keep your eyes on during an investigation. Uh, but yeah, I can, I can see where, where a little bit of pride gets in the way. I've seen it where pride gets in the way and you just, mm -hmm. you know, these people, I'll just say people, not these yeah. people, but people yeah. will tend to shake their head like a little dog in the back of an old LTD, just up and down. Yeah, I got it. I yeah. got it. I got it. Um, and, but what I've also learned after X number of years doing this is that sometimes I believe that I'm telling them everything they need to know. I might be taking for, I've taken for granted yeah. what I know and yeah. spewing it out at them or assuming that, the, uh, hey, we want that to flow under the haunch of the pipe, right? I, yeah. I may just take that for granted. Mm -hmm. Instead of taking the end of a shovel or, or puddling or jetting material under or something, yeah. you know, um, and that is, that's the worst thing I can do for a junior is to think, to assume that they are understanding me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've been, I've been guilty. I've been guilty of that. Um, and then on the other hand, others sometimes believe that I have all the answers when I come on site. <laughs> that's their mistake. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> this is this. Yeah. Everything, everything we do is a team effort. It really is. Yeah. In the office, in the field, in the lab, it, it really is. Uh, 
the complete mix to make these things work. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's a good career to be able to see stuff getting built and knowing some of the test work that went into the the uh, development of that. But you've seen a lot of stuff, and I I've seen stuff that I wanted to put a little brass plaque on and say, you know, site engineer Brian Ulrich, you know, constructed in 1993 or whatever. You know, because you just take pride in seeing stuff getting built right. It's 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 rewarding because you can usually see these within a you know six months, one year, two year, five years, depending on the the scope of the project, the size of the project. I mean, you can see or or my personal favorite is one that began in you know investigation work in '92, and yet. I have an opportunity to go back to this year to put the last little bit of film at the crest of a dam. Yeah. Um, but the, in, in many cases, you know, leech pads, uh, smaller tails facilities, these, these can be your, you get to see the, re, your rewards are one, knowing you gave it your best, your team gave it your best. The design was good. Things worked well. Contractor had an easy time building it. Everything got locked in, and three, four, five months later, you're standing on top of a, you know, 40, 50 meter embankment. Yeah, yeah, right. And it's, it's it's looking into a pretty good sized facility, um, and it's that's that's rewarding. It really is, it really is to take it from from an idea to paper to you know, getting your hands dirty with blisters, yeah, it's it's pretty rewarding. Yeah, I know it, it can kind of seem like things are at a standstill when you're looking at the same thing every day. But when I would come in for my weekly or monthly visits, and I would see how much had been accomplished in the last while, it can be pretty amazing how much earth can be moved in a short amount of time. I've seen yes. You are right. <laughs> We've seen it men done many different ways. Same, similar type projects being approached by different people, different equipment. Some take longer, some take shorter periods of time, less equipment, more equipment. But um, it's, it's, that's the part where we have to be receptive to ideas as well. Yeah, yeah. We might be the designers, we might be the engineers, but you know, we, we watch them being built. Yeah. We have some ideas. Contractor clearly has the experience in moving iron, but yeah. And sometimes those worlds don't always get along, but you know, <laughs> things get done. Things yeah. get done. Yeah. Well, Sam, is there any particular experience you could share with us? Uh, you know, a story from one of these trips you've been on that's particularly memorable? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to say much like you, there, there have been a few. Um, I, I would have to say it would be, it would be two. Um, and I think the first would be the, um, a, a 
quick trip to, well, I mean, outside of, outside of working 36 months in the first 48 months, I was with the company in Elko. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in, in 94, I had an opportunity to work on a joint venture in Uzbekistan. And I think the, just the trip getting there alone was an eye opener. Yeah. And I think and I you, like and I traveling. Kind of, you and I kind of tag teamed on that one. I think I missed you just by a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. You, you pioneered that to the best of my knowledge, got everything running. Um, up and going, and I was I was heading out to to be a part of the leech bag uh, construction. You know, Tony Sears had been out there for a little while. Yeah, some others, a, a whole host of people, um, and we had set up a connex full of laboratory equipment for you know permeability index testing, that kind of thing. Got that over there um, safely. I'm at it. It was kind of funny because. When I got there, I had heard stories of rail cars being taken yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or connexes that were on rail cars, just whole connexes just being hijacked. Yeah. Um, and uh, mine equipment, right? The, the brushing circuit stuff, <laughs> um, kind of interesting, but I think the, but getting there and then showing up to work second or third day and i see we're there you know six in the morning and it's, it's hot it's in the summer um, i think i was there in july through possibly you know through in october with a break in between but here come several buses and out come hordes of men just hordes of men coming off those buses yeah, yeah and i'm you know i looked to my left and asked somebody i said what who are those guys and they said they're the prisoners Mm-hmm. And, yep. and come to find out the, you know, roughly 600 plus, if I remember correctly, you know, uh, labor force and ultimately some foreman were from the prison uh, just down the road. Um, yeah. Rather interesting. You know, some were, were vendors, you know, watches, mostly knives, <laughs> <laughs> pocket, pocket knives and souvenirs, local culture kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And then but but the you know the earth moving equipment the general contractor that was all a, a U.S. group so it was it was what we were familiar with in Nevada yeah seeing that particular contractor and their team I think there were about sixty four expats by the time I got there um, yeah. I just want to back and, you up a little little bit uh, so you're talking about the prisoners and some of the prisoners were um, I know one was a multiple murderer. But there was also some cases where there was a couple of plasterers, and apparently the job needed plasterers, and somebody went in and started a bar fight with these two guys, and they ended up at our project, you know, soon thereafter. And apparently it was, you know, a fabricated bar fight just to get them employed there. <laughs> Sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds vaguely familiar. All in all, just a, a, a great experience. Um, I know several of our team stayed several years after I left, but um, yeah, that was, that was, I mean, just getting, I, like I said, getting there in some old war plane, you know, 
leaving Moscow and, and dropping down into, uh, uh, what was it? Is it Zarevshan? Yeah. 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 I mean, just the, just the airplane we flew in. I don't know. She never even closed the door. Yeah. I think we sat on the floor. I think yeah. we were tied in with, with rope around our waist. Yeah. Yeah. People don't believe me when they, when I tell them there was no seat belts on the plane. Yeah. I don't no, know. there were animals. I think there were goats yeah. on the plane that I flew. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the, the beverage service was a, a lady with a bucket and a ladle. And she'd come around and ladle you out a sip of water. <laughs> People don't believe that. <laughs> no, I, it's, it's, that's, that was the first most memorable one. I think that, yeah. honestly, the, 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 there was a second. Um, and then everything else just became the norm. Um, but I think my, my first trip down to uh, Cajamarca, Peru, yeah. was um, for the Anacostia. No, it was second, third experience, I guess, with a uh, fourth, fourth experience with, with, with you know, camp living. Um, but, you know, treated like kings when we were down there. Uh, open door policy, that kind of thing, no theft. It was all pretty good. But I remember after the, the first four weeks that I was on site, I was heading back into Cajamarca for a, for a little break. Um, we, were, we were working, I think we were on seven days a week at that point. Um, so after four weeks, I got a break and I um, headed back into Cajamarca with a few others that one of them still employed with, with Nike Sold, one of the designers. Um, and he he said, "Yep, tell you what, go have your you know go have your fun. We'll catch up later. All's good." Well, we did. We had a nice meal. We there were several of us. Um, I didn't know everybody, but we, there were several of us there. And after the meal, I looked left, looked right. Everybody was gone. And yeah. I yeah thought to myself, this is going to be interesting. And I had forgotten to grab a business card from the hotel I was staying in. Oh, yeah. So now I, I remained at the restaurant and I had, was introduced to a couple of other people, chatted with them for a while. And now I step outside and find a taxi. And, you know, again, look left, look right. I'm in the, the square um, in Cajamarca, beautiful beautiful square yeah, yeah. Um, cathedral and all as as in most latin american countries that i've visited and um had no idea where i was staying couldn't remember the name <laughs> and that had nothing to do with dinner i just couldn't remember the name yeah yeah and by dinner i'm saying you know there may have been an adult beverage there but so uh, a lady walked up to me she's did her best to speak English. I did my best to speak some Spanish poorly, I might add. And <laughs> we drove around for about an hour in a taxi cab and I gave her $20 and said, hey, I'm sorry, but here, take the cab home. Um, I'll figure it out. And I'm walking circles around the square, the yeah. central square. Yeah. An hour later, the same lady returns in the same cab and says, get in. I know where you're staying. <laughs> she had called somebody, you know, that knew somebody that 
because at night in Cajamarca and maybe at many other Latin American countries, these big sliding wooden doors come together. Oh, yeah. yeah. And all of the outside entrances look the same. Yeah. Down any street. If you're not in a residential area and you're in the commercial district, everything looks the same. Big barn doors just slid together and locked. Yeah. Yeah. And lo and behold, six minutes later, I'm at the door and there's somebody waiting for me to let me in. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think they, I think they were mad. I think yeah. they were mad. Yeah. <laughs> you kept them up late. But, you know, and then when I say the norm, every, every adventure, every assignment offers something. Yeah. Number one, you do your best to, to be on your best behavior because you're a representative of, you know, Night Peace Hold or your country. Right. Um, you don't want to be the ugly American. Um, you do your best to, to learn some of the language or enough of the language to hopefully not offend anybody, yet meet your needs. Um, and, and oddly enough, I, outside of that same trip going into Yanacocha, outside of a gentleman outside the old airport in Lima um, doing a fake pointing a gun at me, yeah. you know, yeah. When I was smoking outside the airport, waiting for my luggage, he, uh, yeah, I've never felt, I've never felt threatened. I've, I've never intentionally put myself in a bad part of town. I've always followed the instructions of, you know, for the most part of those that have gone before me. Um, and it's genuinely been, every instance has been wonderful. Whether it's attending a, a wedding in in, in Zerifshan or, or Murantau or you know or even or even Cajamarca um, yeah. or other towns you know in southern southern Peru that I've been to Argentina absolutely beautiful great food people everybody here in Mexico yeah. I love it they tell me about the crime they tell me you know it's very dangerous. There may have been two out of the last 50 people I've seen on the street that haven't said, hello. It's very friendly. So, yeah. Yeah. But I'd say that I'd say the Anacocha experience and the, and the Murantau yeah. experience were the. Yeah, we, we great. can probably exchange uh, stories on those two properties until the cows come home. Yeah. Oh, good fun. And I, I, Ryan, I would love to see every young engineer raise their hand and say, yes, I want to go on a field assignment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It can only make them a better engineer. And they, you know, I, I've met a lot of young people that haven't had the opportunity to travel. You know, their lives have been busy with school. Yeah. What we offer, what we do is brilliant way to get a great and further educate yourself, you know, explore the path you thought you wanted to be going down and see the world, possibly see the world. Yeah. That, that sounds don't like, don't don't yeah. That, no, that sounds like a good uh, pearl of wisdom, a key takeaway. You know, you mentioned the all expenses paid vacation and 
sometimes you you do get a, a day or two away from the project and you can see some amazing sights. You know, 1995, I got paid to go to uh, Machu Picchu because our, <clears throat> our uh, piece of cone rods were were being held up in customs. Right? I mean, just seeing some of those places in Uzbekistan, uh, Samarkand, Rajasthan Square, and Navoe, and some of those places, just just amazing. Yeah. yeah. Personal favorite would have been the, the sulfur baths right next to the uranium piles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems like there's often uh, a trip where you're right next to something that's really cool and you never get a chance to go there. That can be a real challenge. <laughs> yeah. Part of that, I think, also is personal choice because I think you could always extend the trip by one more day. Exactly. Or invite a loved one to come meet you somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Basically, half the cost. I mean, it's just, yeah, the opportunities have been, I'll say, endless. You know, been very fortunate, very fortunate, whether it's in the U.S. Yeah, and uh, all those trips make you stronger for sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't remember, I don't recall the last hundred percent day I've had professionally, but you know that's the goal. But uh, yeah. yeah, there's always something to learn from someone. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Well, Sam, I, I know you're busy down there and you're probably expecting some more doctor visits. And so I really appreciate you coming on here. And, uh, yeah, I hope your trip down there is just as fulfilling. And maybe this is going to be another trip on par with uh, Uzbekistan or Cajamarca. Each uniquely separate in my heart. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> but I appreciate the chance. Brian, it's been great speaking with you. Um, yeah, keep encouraging the keep encouraging the young engineers, Brian. Yeah. It's a great thing you're doing. Yeah. Great thing you're doing. Well thanks, Sam, and uh, be safe down there and look forward to seeing you the next time. Well, that's it. I'm Brian, and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian. Until next time, keep on rockin'.